Lincoln County Museum of Pioneer History. So we meet again, and no secrets this time. This time we were invited. Hello, I'm Sam Saxon. I'm Professor Joff Root. And you're listening to Tales Unveiled. Where we explore ghost stories. And urban legends. Want to enjoy some stories about Oklahoma in comic book form? Well then, my friend, you need to check out Okie Comics. Get the latest issue for free at okiecomics.com. O-K-I-E comics.com. Before we made it to Chandler, I had to stop along the way for gas. While at the gas station, I figured it was just as good as any other time to bring up what Detective James revealed to me and to find out what the professor knew. So, Professor, I recently had a conversation with uh, Detective James. You remember her. Oh, yes. So, what'd she have to say? Well, you remember when you brought up if there was anything unusual about the eyes? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, there was. There was some, like, sort of smudge around the bottom of the eyes. Ah, I thought there would be. She also told me there was also a similar thing around Anastasia. Yes. And two other victims. Mm Mm-hmm. Two. Yes, there's multiple connections showing these things that have happened in the past. Do you know how all these are related? I don't know everything, but I have my ideas. You care to share any of those with me right now? Not anything I would want to put on the air. Okay, well... If you do find anything else, please let me or Valerie know, because if we can, you know, stop this person that's killing these people, you know, that would bring a lot of closure to a lot of people. If I knew who it was, I can only imagine what I would do. When the professor and I were in Chandler for our Route 66 day trip, we had multiple people tell us to get in touch with Brian Herring. Brian actually got in touch with us first when I posted on social media about us being at the Pioneer History Museum and not getting any ghost stories there. Brian wanted to correct that, and so he arranged a group interview with him and his team of Lincoln County Paranormal Investigators to meet at the museum. Thank you all for meeting with us today. We appreciate you all taking the time out to chat with us. As you know, I am Sam Saxon, and with me is my colleague and co-host, Professor Joff DeRoot. That's Joff DeRoot. Anyway, let's start with a round of introductions. If you could, go ahead and uh, introduce yourselves. I am Brian Herring. Shonda Herring. Ryan Keller. And Michelle Keller. First of all, tell us a little bit about your group and what you all do. We are the Lincoln County Paranormal Investigators, and we investigate claims of paranormal activity throughout the state of Oklahoma. How'd you all get started doing that? Um, We got started doing that over 20 years ago. Um, Just pretty much a few people who had way too much time on their hands and decided we're gonna start looking up things that were spooky, for lack of a better term. Are you enjoying it so far? Absolutely. Well, I want to know a little bit more about Chandler. What can you tell us about this town for people? 
Well, for the most part, Ryan and I have lived here for our entire lives, so there's, there's a lot of information that we could give you. The town itself was actually wiped out by a cyclone in the early 1900s, late 1800s, and the only thing that survived was a church and some of these old buildings that we're in currently. Hmm. I believe we heard a little bit about that story when we were driving through the town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the coffee shop. So this building that we're in particularly is the uh, Lincoln County Historical Society Museum of Pioneer History. Um, the buildings, the two buildings that we're in were built in 1898, and they actually survived that cyclone. And they are the oldest buildings on Main Street still in use. Um, the museum has spread from there, but the two buildings that we're in are the oldest original old sandstone buildings. What have they been through the years? Um, so they've been a mercantile, they've been a dry goods store. The upstairs portion was a doctor's office and things like that. There's been tons of buildings in here. The museum's actually been here since the 70s, but before that, it said empty for a little while. Lots of history. Indeed. Getting more onto the modern times, what can tourists come do and visit and check out? In Chandler, you can come and you can you can obviously come to the museum on the days that it's open. You can venture down to the new coffee shop that we have built. Um, there's plenty of restaurants in town. Um, if you anybody that's a, a an old baseball fan, we have one of the or used to be the longest running baseball camp in in the country, um, which it's actually not closed down. But there is people there that you can go and you can tour it and you can walk around and look at it. Um, we've got an old working movie theater. We're currently all sitting around on our thumbs waiting for the bowling alley to open which is you know going to be an amazing thing and we've all seen the inside of it and it looks beautiful and we're all just kind of waiting patiently route 66 is big you know everybody likes to ride that route 66 so this is why a lot of people come to Chandler. and bill tillman he was the um sheriff for lincoln county um you can visit his homestead which is sitting directly just west of the museum um the cemetery which is what maybe two miles even further west of that his um where he's buried you get a lot of people there fascinating well i'm going to kick it off to the professor who will talk a little bit about more of the city's darker stories any favorite spooky stories from the from the city there there's there's quite a few um really uh in this building in particular we've had uh you know we've had because we run a haunted house here, when you move things, some of the the spirits that are here tend to not appreciate it very much when we begin to move things. And things will get knocked off of shelves, things will get turned off and on, your keys will come up missing. So things like that have occurred. Um, one night in particular, we were we were all here sitting around the table looking at photographs, actually debating on making a trip to, uh, to do an investigation at a, at a remote location and there was some information here and we were here as a team looking through photographs and talking and all of us were around this table and no one was near the file cabinets at all and the file cabinet door actually slammed shut by itself and it was enough to make all of our the hair on all of our back of our necks stand up and it was it was a rather intense intense moment could have been gravity couldn't it did you do tests or anything we actually tried to recreate the event several times and it could not be recreated interesting 
Any other weird stuff like that? I'll say our daughter, um, this was probably five years ago. She's 18 now. Um, she started helping us with the haunted house for, well, no, she probably been here a little longer than that, but, um, early teenage years. And, um, she really didn't know what we used to do when we'd go out at night and leave her home with grandma. Um, she was here, we were setting up, getting ready for the haunted house. And, um, she was on the big staircase that's located in um, the main part of the museum. And she come running, screaming and crying because something had grabbed her dress and jerked it. And um, that happened multiple times here to her. And um, I mean, hysterically crying, so. As you would be. Does she still have a missing backpack? That I do not remember. I don't think she ever found the backpack. That was from two years ago. No, she never found it. Oh, she lost a backpack up here. Never found it. She, yeah, our daughter lost, that same year, lost a, uh, a backpack full of her things, and it is, this was five or six years ago, and it is yet to be found. When we did commercial characters, I was Freddy Krueger, and uh, I used claws, and um, they got lost one time, and we did find them a week later in the attic. I had to use plastic knives, but it worked out. They were in the attic. And we didn't know why. Okay, you mentioned moving things around triggers this. What what things? Well, there is a couple of small saddles in what we have up here called the Bill Tillman Room, which is a Bill Tillman exhibit. And there's a small child saddle in particular that we move out of that room so that it's not to be damaged during the haunted house. And it seems like every time we move that saddle, it activates the activity. We'll have things falling off of shelves, uh, like like my wife said, you know, our daughter's dress was tugged. We've actually had a customer come through and ask my wife out in front about a little girl that was upstairs during the haunt. How did we get that little girl to do that so well? My wife said, we don't have a little girl up there in the haunt. And the guy kind of did a double take and he said, no, there's a, there's a small girl up there on the second floor my wife said there is no little girl and he kind of got animated then and he was like no there is a small girl and my wife said excuse me we don't have a little girl up there and he was like okay i'm not coming back <laughs> so that was and and again these things begin when we come in here and start to do our construction and and do things like that now not only at that point in time i mean there's you can come in here any random night and have anything random happen We've all been in here cleaning or working or doing whatever it is that the museum needed us to do that evening. And you can hear sometimes footsteps running across the top and there's no one up there. You can hear some of the doors upstairs open and shut and there's no one there. And it happens to the guest as well because yes. we had someone in here just last weekend that said that someone touched them um, while they were just walking through the museum. Absolutely. Complete stranger. Tell us a little bit about this haunted house experience that you do. Is it like part of a fundraiser? If I'm yes. All the proceeds from the haunted house go back to the museum and the Lincoln County Historical Society. And the haunted production is actually a full-on, intense, pull-touch-grab haunted experience. Um, it is based on a, uh, a story that I created about a group of for lack of better terms, a group of wild clowns. Um, and there are, uh, there are four clowns in particular. Well, five actually, there's five clowns in particular who 
Rome, the haunted production. Um, you know, most haunted houses have certain areas where you go in and you see Freddy, or you go in and you see Michael Myers, or you go and you see Jason. Ours isn't like that. At any point in time, you could turn a corner and there's a clown standing there with a sledgehammer or a crowbar or a chainsaw. That's their actually their names or a hacksaw. And you know, one of the uh, one of the gentlemen that is actually hacksaw the clown is about six three, so he's a little bit intimidating. You know, you turn a, turn a corner and there's a 6'3 man sitting there with a beard and he's painted up like a clown grinning at you. It, it tends to get a little, uh, tends to get a little intense. I would imagine, even on a normal day. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, with someone seeing a little girl and connecting to the saddle, is it an intelligent haunting? I would say it's, it's more, it, it seems to be to me more residual mm-hmm. than it is actually intelligent but you we also do get types of poltergeist type activity um we've all we've all had experience with an actual poltergeist that was located in southeastern oklahoma um and some of the activity that we get with the shutting of the drawers and the shutting of the wall of the doors and things getting moved around that tends you to believe that there is also poltergeist type activity but usually when people see an image or an apparition or something of that effect it leads us more to believe that that's more residual energy because it's not actually interacting with them mm-hmm. that makes sense besides the history museum what other stories have you collected around chandler and lincoln county in general too well there's a uh, there's a very specific set of roads um outside of town that have uh a deep connection with the four of us um and there are things on those roads where we've been to and we've collected EVPs at certain places. We, I've actually got examples of them if you want to hear them. We actually collected an EVP at one point in time to where the next day the four of us are at a preacher's location speaking with him about what we had heard. Yeah, that, that night we got home and we played back what we had on the computer and I had to go to the restroom so bad that night, I would not get out of the bed. Did not go to the bathroom. That morning, we were at the preacher's house and we played back what we had on our equipment um, just to let this preacher that we didn't even know who he was. But I just, I needed somebody to talk to me because it scared me so bad. Yeah, it was pretty evil sounding. So that that was probably the second time I've ever been really scared because I don't scare easily that was one of them well and and i actually have that keyed up if you want to hear it let's listen yeah so just a little bit of a backstory on that so we were actually there was just a group of us we're walking through the cemetery and shonda sees about two or three rows away a little headstone that has a lamb on it which we all know is it means it's a baby headstone so as she's walking through the cemetery you know, trying to make her way to that. She's like, oh, it's a baby. And then you hear this cut through her talking. And and, and no, we didn't audibly hear this when we're out there. No, we would have we left running. <laughs> we would have left running had yeah, we audibly we, heard that. We did not audibly hear this. We It cuts through us and we just continue on with what we're doing that night. It wasn't until that night we got home that we played everything back and heard it. The group did later email me their direct EVP audio files. So... Whenever they are referenced in our conversation, I will be playing those audio files instead of my microphone pointed at the computer speaker version. And that simply is just, when we played it back, it was just a simple, deep, dark, 
very evil sounding growl and again it was it was enough to make us stop in our tracks and then there is a uh there's another evp that we have that actually um it, it was it was one of those where it was it was uh when, when it was heard it was kind of like okay wow that that really just happened it wasn't frightening at all but it was enough to make us really kind of all sit back and say all right we really have something here and not stop in our tracks as in that night we didn't stop in our tracks we didn't audibly hear it no, that night but when we played right. back correct yeah. so i can i'll play this one for you um this is one of the what we consider a our our class a evp that we've gotten from this location and we'll see if you can pick it up on this services and whatnot there. Think of what it's called. The tabernacle oh there's all kind of dots in there that's mormon right there you hear like two three voices it's intertwined you hear me and it yeah it just cuts through and you can hear me right after that and so in that particular night you hear me say oh my thumb because that night we are out there i'm complaining non-stop of my thumb hurting non-stop like they got tired of hearing me my thumb hurt so bad. It was so cold. It was hurting to the bone. Like, I can't even describe it. It's never happened again. But my thumb hurt. And it was shortly after that, then... We actually heard this. My thumb is numb. Did, could you hear that? The mommy? Yes. Yeah. We didn't have that. any kids with us. Yeah, no kids. Would you like to hear it again? Always. <laughs> My thumb is numb. My thumb is numb. Maybe she was hanging on to your thumb. <laughs> That's yeah. what we thought. Needs to hang on someone else's thumb. That was certainly a very clear mommy. I agree. Now, on the on the one that we consider a class A, could you tell where the EVP, EVP was actually at? I heard so many different voices that okay. it just sounded like I'll, another. I'll play it again for you, so that way, that way you, you can you can discuss and, and see which if you can tell which one's the EVP. Services and whatnot. Think of what it's called. Tabernacle. Oh, there's all kind of dots in there. That's Mormon. It's Did you catch it? There's like a trio of voices that all says tabernacle. That's not yeah, us. That's not us. Sounds like a chorus and a whole big group. If you, if you listen to it closely enough, you can hear an overlay of three distinct voices. And I'll, I'll play it again now that, you, that, that we've shared that with you. Services and whatnot. Think of what it's called. Tabernacle. Oh, there's all kind of dots in there. That's Mormon. So tabernacle was the phrase? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I heard it once real clearly, then another time much softer. Yeah. Yes. What tabernacle are they referring to? We really don't know. There's a building out there in this particular cemetery that we were at, and that was kind of what prompted the discussion is what is that? And I think one of us said it's a tabernacle, and then another group member said that's Mormon, and then it, it seemed like the EVP repeated tabernacle, but it was in a, a very 
a real airy, like no. choir type voice that none of us have. And, and the structure is actually built out of Indian stone. Um, and it was once there, I don't recall the, the date, but it, ha- it had burned down. And so then it was rebuilt on the cemetery. Hmm. So it's a I place that we used frequent. to use it to hold uh, services and, right. and well, to hold cemetery right. services. Yeah. So you said before that was your second scariest experience. What's your first? Down south, east of here, about two and a half hours away. Are you uh, still in Oklahoma at this point? We're still in Oklahoma. We have um, started going down there for, I don't know, a couple months maybe at this time. We hadn't got brave enough to go to the this lady's house. I don't want to give her name, but um, we ended up making friends with her but um so we would sit at the end of her driveway and she lived in a little shotgun house and um we had heard you know a few stories and had read a few things and um we sat out at the end of her driveway and it was myself my husband uh, my cousin and two other friends and we're sitting in the jeep at the end of the driveway on the dirt road a cop comes up and gets out and comes up to the door is talking to us and um he tells us that you know y'all you came here to see the ghost you came here to to see what's going on and um yeah that's what we're we're doing here and he said well you know you can sit here if you want but i'm getting the hell out of here his string on his jacket it it, it goes up and it goes down he will not pass the house he turns around right there and leaves well we continue to sit there for a couple of hours and um all the guys are making noise and they won't shut up. And I'm like, everybody hush, shh. I keep doing the shh sounds. And um, it was not long after that we hear a shh. And I'm thinking it's them. So it's one of them trying to scare me. And so I'm like, stop, quit. You know, how are we gonna hear anything? How are we gonna experience anything if y'all are playing around, stop. And um, they kept on and talking and I'm like hush hush anyways I go shh and then from over by the house area down this driveway little dirt driveway you hear um you keep hearing shh and at this point they're hearing it and they're telling me do it again do it again and so I'm like shh and it's closer and you hear it go shh and so my cousin elbows me and he said you know say something and so um just loud enough for us in the car to hear I said um you want me to say his name? Um, I just said his name and I said, are you out there? Just loud enough for us to hear. Cause the house is how many? Probably 40 yards. And down this little dirt driveway. And um, you hear from over there, you hear, I'm over here in this high metallic sounding voice. And all of us heard it and I hit the floorboard. And that was the last time I said anything that night. Um, and we have been back there probably 50 times. Um, I finally made my way to the front door, um, introduced myself and the lady invited us in. We have experienced so much stuff there. And that is like our probably all time favorite, I would say, right? Yeah. All time favorite location. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But with that being said, we're there and um, I'll let my husband finish this part of it and it's the same location same house but this was not this was pretty scary too well we had gone uh we had gone there 
a couple of weeks before Ryan and my wife and I had had gone and we actually couldn't find the house. It was the first time we'd ever been and we're driving around and we're looking and we're okay. We know what the house looks like, but we're not real sure of the location. She's sitting in the passenger seat. I'm driving. Um, she literally says, Hey, flip the light on real quick. And I flipped the, the uh, interior light on in the car and her hair which is pulled up now, but it, if she has it down, it's waist length. Her hair is moving by itself. And he made a mention of it. He's like, oh, that's, you know, that's trippy. Your hair's moving by itself. And then on, all of a sudden he can't talk. And we look and he has red marks around his throat area. And so we, we had said, okay, uh, I think enough's enough for the night. So we had left and a couple of weeks later, we decided to go back. Um, he had to work, so he didn't go with us. And it was my wife and I and another cousin of hers and his girlfriend at the time. We all load up in my car and we drive down there. And uh, we visit with some of the locals and they tell us some stories about this and that. And of course, we are still sitting in front of the driveway at this point in time. We're not in the house. We're sitting out in front of the driveway and, it, you know, for hours, nothing at all occurs, nothing. And uh, my wife is like, okay, well, I'm, I'm about ready to leave. I'm, you know, we drove all the way out here and we've got some good stories from people, but nothing really interesting has happened. Um, about that time, the dome light on my car comes on by itself. And her friends makes mention of, okay, you had to have done that. My wife's like, I'm looking at his hands. His hands are on the steering wheel and he didn't touch anything. And then it goes off. And I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. Well, then the porch light on the house does the exact same thing. It comes on and it goes off in the exact same mannerism. And then my dome light does it again. It comes on and goes off. And then the porch light does it again. It comes on and goes off. And of course my wife says, all right, somebody's messing with us. This is something, somebody's doing this. And about the time she says that, the light's in the house. And there's five windows in the front of the house. The porch light comes on and each window, a light comes on, 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 on. And then goes off, 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 off. And then it shuts off. And we're sitting there we're like, okay, that's, that's freaky. And she says, all right, that's all fine and good, playing games with lights, but for, in order for me to believe this, I have to hear something. And no sooner... And just know, anytime I open my mouth, it seems like, it. I swear, I think I get I picked on. I promise, I get picked on. It always happens to me. So we make her talk. It, yeah, so I'm always the one talking. It, it never fails. Something is... We've heard my name on EVPs. Um... We've, he's got them on the, I mean it's sometimes I'm like I'm not going to open my mouth I'm just going to keep my mouth shut so but like I said as soon as she says this I need to hear something in order to believe this um, the only way I can describe what we heard was a scream from the pits of hell that is the only way I can describe it I can't make the noise I can't recreate the noise this loud deafening scream came from inside of my car where we were at and I literally just instinctively crank the keys. This is the only time in, in the 20 years we've done this that I've ever been frightened. I crank the keys, hit the gas, throw it and drive and I'm gone. Um, we get to the end of the street. She grabs my emergency brake, pulls it. My car swings a 180 and we're back where we were facing. And she's like, we sat out here all night long. We are going to hear this. And I was like, you want to go back? And she said, yep. And I said, okay, fine, let's go back. So I throw it and drive and we are rolling literally five miles an hour, rolling back towards this house. And as we are driving, you literally just hear this, this, this hissing. 
And as we get closer, it just bursts into the screaming. This is, ah, done. Then they're screaming, go, 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 go. And we hit the highway and we drive literally an hour and a half back to, an, to, the, to the interstate where we were coming from. And no one had said a word. No, none of us had spoke. We drive an hour and a half, dead silence. We get to the, I get on the interstate in my car and our cousin in the back seat goes, man, I didn't hear a damn thing. <laughs> and I looked at him, I said, you know, you heard that. He goes, I'm never going anywhere with you guys again. He said, I don't want to have anything to do with this. And I said, well, and he hasn't, he's never gone back. And he said, I don't want anything to do with this. I don't know what that was, but as far as I'm concerned, I didn't hear it. Oftentimes people do separate themselves from what has actually happened. Has anyone done any research on what the entity could be? I'll let you take this one. We, we actually know, and if we, I mean, we've, we've done a lot of research on it, yes. The, the lady that lives in the house um, is, who, and I literally spoke to her not long ago, she is trying to distance herself from paranormal groups coming to her home and people showing up at two, three o'clock in the morning wanting to experience the poltergeist and because it, it will throw rocks at you. It will throw rocks at you. It'll throw coins at you. It'll throw, it will move things. Um, it literally knocked the, the uh, battery pack off of our video cameras. It opened her, she, back when we first started going, we didn't have digital cameras. We started to put film in them. <laughs> and it opened the back of Michelle's camera and exposed all the film from all the pictures and it, it will mess with you. But the, and the lady is trying to distance herself from it. She has explained to us what she believes it is. It has literally told her its name and who it is and why it is where it is. And, and we've gone back and, and done some of the research and some of the things that it has said are factual. Um, as far as a historical timeline, some of the things are not. And it also told her it was an alien. Yes, too, at so. one point <laughs> time it told her it was an alien. Um, but the one consistency that it's always kept is his name. And he's always told her, this is my name. And they would call him by his name. And they interacted with it like it literally was a member of their family, um, which was... The I, I, was, creepiest thing I've ever been a part of. Yeah, it was. it's a little freaky um, when they say his name and, hey, get so-and-so off that couch and get her in here in the kitchen. And all of a sudden, that person's jumping up going, it's pulling my hair. Okay, this is this is a little strange. And at first, you don't believe it until you actually get hit in the face with a rock. I had literally put my initial on a rock at one o'clock in the morning in purple shoe or purple uh, nail polish, threw it into the woods as far as I can, and it came back. There's no way I can explain that. I can't, I, I can't. I mean, any, any way you try to myth bust that or any way you try to debunk that, it's impossible because it's my handwriting. It's the same rock, pitch dark. I throw it out into the woods and it comes back. And the, the pictures that she has, she has let us look at her pictures and she has like Polaroid pictures. And I took pictures of her pictures way back then, 20 years ago. And um, she has her grandkids in the front yard playing and um, it's just snapping pictures. And there you see, um, can I say the gender? Mm -hmm. The little boy um, in the yard, like in a running motion, you can make out, you can, you can see through, you can see through him but you can make out what he's wearing and he's got on some overalls. He's got on a little hat and he's like black, black looking shoes. And he's like in a running motion, running toward her grandkids who were in the front yard playing. 
and she had several Polaroids. I, well, two. She had two, and I took pictures of those. But I mean, it, he has dark hair. But I mean, you, it was just—it was crazy. It was really weird. Well, getting back to more locally, any other stories kind of in this town or surrounding town that you would like to share? We have had some experiences of, uh, you know, people people tell you when you do things like this that you always run the risk of carrying something with you, which we we try to make and take steps to prevent those things from happening, which I, I to my knowledge, we've been successful. We haven't had any crazy, uh, crazy poltergeist type things happen at the house very much um but we have had some things where we will um one night i'm walking through the house and i see a woman sitting at my table and i can describe the dress she's wearing i'm, a, I'm an art teacher i'm an artist I, I literally drew her um she's sitting with her back to me and she has this old dress on that looks like something off a little house on the prairie again residual energy i mean you just walk by it and i turn around and look and it's gone ryan has been at the house watching football and this was a couple weeks ago we hear his name audibly just ryan whoa okay there's only he and i there with the kids and the kids are asleep and we're like oh okay that was a little weird um and uh you know we've had some things like that happen um one of the things that really kind of make you you jump back a little bit though is um my my daughter that's 18 now when she was younger she was about 10 or 11 years old um, she was at my parents' house who lived down the street from us, and I had drove down there to get her. And my wife calls me on the phone, and she's like, I cannot believe you let her walk back up here by herself. And I said, what are you talking about? She goes, Make, you know, she just walked in the house. The front door shut. I saw her go around the corner, and she's in her bedroom. And I told her, I said, you better go look again because she's sitting right here by me. And she was literally sitting at the end of our bed, and in our living room you can see the front door and the front door literally opened and shut by itself and she saw what appeared to be a small little individual dart around the corner and go towards our child's bedroom she gets up goes to look to make sure it's not one of the neighbor kids or something that just came in the house looking for and there is not a soul there and then not long ago actually i am asleep and i woke up around three or four to thinking that my grandson is standing by my side of the bed wanting me to pick him up and put him in the bed with us um he lives with us and so i'm still half asleep my eyes are barely open and i'm i'm reaching for him and i can see his head his shoulders who i'm i think is him and there's nothing there like nobody's there there has been many times that we have i've been in the shower and i hear a man's voice say hey I don't know why that's all he says, but it's just, hey, there's nobody in the house but me. He, he'll he be at school. I'll be off work that day. Kids are in school. No kids there. And I can't tell you how many times that's happened. And and there's been there's been other instances. Um, you know, Ryan and I have uh, ran the stretch of roads um, that are just outside of town that are have crazy things that happen on them. We've ran those stretch of roads for years, and we've... Uh, We've had some some different experiences, um, especially once we started getting digital recorders and and carrying those with us out there, and we get just crazy EVPs that come back with growls or breathing or saying people's names and and things of that nature. I think one of the first ones there, 
the one that probably got us all back into it again. I think you guys had done it for years. Do we say unprofessionally, just yes. as a hobby with no equipment, right. just something to do. Um, and then after hearing all their stories, we kind of decided, okay, we, we want to go see what this is. We, we gathered up some digital recorders. We gathered up some cameras and a little bit of courage and decided to go do this. So the very first night, we're the four of us sitting out in the car in front of this particular cemetery where they seem to think everything started from and holding the recorder out the window because it was cold <laughs> and we were scared to death. Um, we get back home thinking nothing happened and play that recording back and you can clear as day hear something say, I'm mad at you. Well, then we're like, okay, why are you mad? What's going on? And that pretty well started our paranormal investigation. Right. And, and there's, there's another uh, little town outside of Lincoln County that we enjoy going to. It's for nothing else, um, not only the paranormal side of it, but the historical side of it as well. Um, it's it's uh, actually north of here. It's uh, called Ingalls. And there was a big shootout in Ingalls with the Dalton gang, Doolin gang, sorry, Dooley gang and Marshall Dillon. And... Quick correction, Brian cites the wrong name for the Marshall. He meant to say Marshall Tillman and not Marshall Dillon from the old Western series Gunsmoke. He apologizes for the mistake. And we actually, the first night we went there, we were taking pictures because the old hotel saloon building is still there. And we were taking pictures of it and talking and literally played back our recorder after we had done some recording for just a little bit. And uh, we actually heard a, a woman's voice come over and tell us to beware the marshal which we all thought was extremely interesting. So, I mean, that's another place that we've gone to and and had a few experiences here and there with. What's the name of the place and what town was this again? It's in Ingalls. It's Ingalls, Oklahoma. It's a little ghost town. And it, it's literally like maybe 30 minutes north of here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. What was the name of the gang that was there? The Doolin Gang. D-O-O-L-I-N. What history have you learned about this gang? Have you? I assume you've done some research on them. Yeah, we we did. Um, you know, Michelle and Shonda did most of the research on that, so I'll let them kind of talk about it. Um, I know there was a. Uh, oh, I can't remember what what they called her. And uh, during the shootout, she was Rose. actually Rose. Yeah, during the shootout, she actually was a a girl who literally climbed out the window, and would take ammunition to the Doolins to continue fighting against Marshall Dillon and his, his posse, basically. Um, what had happened was, if I remember right, um, the Doolins were held up in Ingalls. Um, Marshall Dillon had found out that they were there and uh, was riding that way. And a, a little boy, well, I say little, he was probably 12, um, he had taken off, basically, and went to the town and had... Uh, basically warned the the Doolin gang that Marshall Dillon was coming. So they all got prepared and and got ready to to have a showdown with Marshall Dillon. And when he got there, they were shooting back and forth. I think one person was killed or? No, there was multiple killed. There was, yeah, there was multiple killed. Multiple wounded. I didn't know how many had died. That I do not recall. Yeah, but I mean, it was, what was it? There's a monument in Ingalls that tells all the names that were there. And most of them are buried in the cemetery there in Ingalls. Yes, there are. Is there anything else you want to say before we wrap up? Any questions you have, Professor? I was just curious why those roads would have so much energy attached to them. Um, well, rumor, um, which there's there's not any documented proof, 
Um, rumor is there used to be a lot of, uh, for lack of a better term, just satanic activity that went on out there. My my great or my grandfather was a police officer, and he had stumbled upon dead animal carcasses and and things like that out there. I'm sorry, the computer's kicking on. Um, but he had stumbled again up on dead animal things that looked like they were done sacrificially and that it kind of took on a, a higher meaning and and it's all attached to this one area outside of town very strange oh one last question you said you have a series of uh, protections or defenses you like to use any suggestions um prayer lots of it uh, in all honesty we we base our uh our investigations from a spiritual point of view um we are all believers in god we're all believers in christ and we have our own beliefs as to what it is that we're dealing with and and each one of us have a little bit of a different opinion of what these things may or may not be and we tend to sit down usually and discuss them um but we are uh basically using the the power of our faith and the power of our belief to prevent any demonic entities or any demonic things from attaching themselves to us or following us and um you know the bible tells us that if you have the faith the size of a of a, of a mustard seed that you can move a mountain and we are all of that faith and all of us have a strong enough faith where we do believe that we can walk off in the middle of this whatever it is and tell it you're not allowed to go anywhere with us, you're not allowed to follow us, and it's bound by that. It's definitely tested oh, a yeah. lot, mm-hmm. quite a bit. Yeah, definitely. I would, I would definitely agree with that. It's definitely tested. Powerful stuff. You've investigated a lot of places. Anything particular to stick in mind? Um, one particular place that sticks out in our mind a lot is the Sacred Heart Mission. Oh, yes. Where's the Sacred Heart Mission? It is in Conowa, Oklahoma. And it's, uh, I I can't right off the top of my head remember the exact stories that others have have had, but we have had uh, a strange occurrence. Um, One of the members of our our team has an ability. Um, They can focus on a, a location or an event and things will flash in their mind um we were as a team discussing going to the sacred heart mission and weeks before we had ever even talked about going to sacred heart she she had kept saying that the initials jr were popping in her head and she didn't know why and we walked around doing investigations looking for this jr forever so we decide that we're going to go to the sacred heart mission and a couple nights before we go she informs us that the JR in it keeps popping in her head is now popping in her head and it's flaming. And we're like, okay, well, interesting. The JR is like in literally red and in flames. It like the way this person pictured it was just the initials JR and flames around it in red. And so when we go to the mission, we decide, okay, well, we're going to walk around out here and look around and we're two o'clock in the afternoon and we're looking at all the the headstones and we're thinking hey maybe we'll find a jr initials out here somewhere and this will be cool well we walk and look through all the headstones at all the mission all the different priests and nuns and all the things that had passed away there nothing we see nothing 
Okay. So we decide we're getting hungry at this point. We decide to go into Conowal and we stop at a Sonic. And we're sitting at the Sonic, we're having lunch, and Michelle and I are talking, and Ryan, you know, has this great idea. Why don't we talk to some of these car hops and see if any of them, because they're teenage kids, see if them go to the mission. So our little car hop that comes out, you know, our team again is sitting there, and I said to her, I said, so do you ever go to Sacred Heart Mission? And she said, no. And I said, what do you know about it? Is it haunted? And she goes, I don't go out there. And I said, okay, is there a particular reason why? She said, yes, there is. Um, my best friend was murdered out there in front of the gate. And I said, really? And she said, yes, his name was John Rutherford. He's a little confused on that part. His name was Jeff Rutherford. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Jeff, I'm sorry. It was Jeff Rutherford. So we immediately go to our friendly Google and begin to Google this. And, of course, the story pops up that this man was shot and we're reading it and it still hadn't dawned on us yet. And then our teammate or team member who saw these initials literally just goes white and is like, Oh my God, his initials are JR. And then it kind of, all of us just kind of went, Oh wow. You know, and it, again, she has an ability to do those things. And it, it was kind of, it was a little bit freaky. We've gone on several wild goose chases to find what she's seen. And sometimes it takes a while, but they usually come about and it's usually initials and colors a lot of the times so um one instance was in guthrie we have never been to this this house before and a lady had called and asked us to come down bring our equipment and so we did um four five six hours before we even head out of chandler um this person says i see a um a green door a dark hunter green door and um okay everybody make note of it that way this we know this person and just showing up and saying oh there's a green door there so anytime she sees something she lets everyone know that way she's not making this up we roll up to the house hunter green door before we ever go in the house the lady comes outside to greet us she had mentioned something about unknown men and i'll let you take it from here but then the the red well, what she had actually said, she said, if there's any strange men or unknown men inside the residence, we probably don't need to go in there. That Something bad may happen. So we all made note of this. Um, and the lady gets comes to the door and greets us. Hi, how are you guys doing? We're walking through the house. And she says to us, she kind of stops and looks at us. And she goes, no, this is really weird. I don't ever let men I don't know in my home. And, of course, we all kind of freeze and all look at each other. And, you know, uh, it's kind of funny. And then, of course, we're looking through our notes. And as she's walking us through the house, we all come up on this one page where we had wrote uh, that this person had seen the color red, that it was a bright scarlet red. And we had all wrote it down. Well, the lady comes to a door and she goes, now this is the room that most of the activity happens in. And she opens this room and the walls in this room are, are a bright scarlet red. And it was crazy. Nothing paranormal had happened that night though, other than those, those things that we had just spoken of until we are getting ready to leave and what people don't understand is about paranormal activity it it does a lot of things to electromagnetic fields it manipulates them um we are literally standing in front of this woman's tv her vcr comes on and it starts rewinding a tape and ryan and i are both standing there and she looks at us and she's like is that rewinding a tape and i was like yeah it just kind of kicked on and she said that thing's not plugged in 
And of course, Ryan looks at me and I look at him and Ryan reaches, literally reaches behind the TV and pulls the cord up and he has the plug-in in his hand and the video is rewinding. And we're like, oh wow, this is, this is a little interesting. Other than that, we had absolutely no, no evidence at all that entire night. Sounds like good evidence right there. All right. Thank you for taking the time to chat with us. We appreciate it. Thank you. On the drive back to Oklahoma City, the professor asked to listen to what we had recorded. He stopped the recording at the discussion of defenses against the supernatural and made several copies on different pages in his notebook. I asked what he was writing, and he replied, Hopefully something we won't ever need to use. Unveiled is a production of the Show Starts Now Studios and is produced by Dennis Spielman. The voice of Sam Saxton is Dennis Spielman. The voice of Professor Jeff DeRoot is Jeff Provine. We would like to thank our guests for taking some time to share their stories with us. Brian and Shauna Herring and Michelle and Ryan Keller. Would you like to get early access to new episodes, including bonus content? Visit TalesUnveiled.com to find out how to become a patron supporter. This episode's advice comes from Ralph Waldo Emerson. The best lightning rod for your protection is your own spine. 